Please take your Bibles and turn to John, John chapter 4. If you're just joining us, I want to say a word of welcome to you. Glad you're here with us today at Calvary. And we have chosen this year to walk through most of the Gospel of John. We're not hitting every verse, but we're trying to hit a lot of the conversations that Jesus had with people as he spent time uh, on this earth and he was able to connect with people on a real level and he uh, really set for us the example of how we should interact with the world around us. And so we've been walking through some of these conversations and it began with uh, a very normal cultural event, the, the wedding where he turned water into wine and, and he revealed himself to be a normal person who is comfortable in regular cultural events and he was kind and he was loving and he met people's needs in the moment when he was there. And uh, chapter 2 and verse 11 says that the beginning of his signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And so we see in that sign and many other signs uh, really the glory of Jesus Christ. And he performed those signs for the people in that day, for them to understand who he is and who uh, that the Messiah had come. And, and so they were important. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about signs today because uh, Jesus is going to say some things about them. But we have to understand uh, the signs weren't the big deal. <laughs> In our day, and really since this day, actually, people are always the same, kind of made up of the same stuff from one generation to the other, but people love signs, right? They love to read the end times and different signs that they think that they see, and, and people get excited about that, and, and I understand that. And, and then sometimes people, you know, totally outside of even biblical ideas, they, they come up with uh, relics or pieces of memorabilia or something that they could even see visions of something sacred and, and these things become uh, just huge things for others to kind of put their hope in. And, and really the signs here that we see Jesus perform, these miracles, they were to point uh, all the attention to him. They were not to glorify the actual signs themselves. They were more like directional signs. And so it's always about Jesus, and that's the point of the conversation we're going to look at today. The second conversation we had, uh, well, he had, and we got to kind of join in on it, was when he went to the Passover feast in Jerusalem, and he really kind of set the record straight. He showed up in Jerusalem for what would be and what normally was a very wonderful time in the Jewish culture for them, for people to seek God. And, and what man had done with that had messed it all up. It had become a place of greed and distraction. And, and he really set the record straight saying that his house would be a house of prayer. And it was about the normal person being able just to come and seek God and find him. 
And so we have that conversation that was helpful. And then in John chapter 3, you have Jesus connecting with a very powerful religious man. So what I love about the book of John, it communicates a variety of conversations with a variety of people. And in John chapter 3, we were taught just, you know, about the religious leader who had all of these questions. And, and Jesus kind of, you know, got right to his heart and said, there, there's actually one thing that is important. And that is you must be born again. You must know who I am. And even with all of his religious power and knowledge and experience, Jesus cut through it all in a very clear way and made it very simple. You must be born again. And then we had chapter 4, which we were able to connect with last week. And uh, chapter 4 was the woman at the well, if you were not with us, and Jesus revealed his heart, and, and I hope last week um, you, it caught, you caught my heart on it, that it's actually one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, um, because uh, every person has the same basic need. We all long to be satisfied, and Jesus, his words communicate that he alone satisfies, and, and actually I heard one of the most encouraging statements from a church member this last week and uh, that made me think that, you know what, maybe I am having some good influence around here. Um, But the, the statement was this, I looked past the tattoos, I looked past the nose rings, She's here. I'm looking at her. I looked past the gauges in the ears, and I saw the heart. Which that's what Jesus sees. And if you've ever wondered what my ministry heart is, or philosophy. And if anyone ever asks, please have them listen to last week's message. But through these conversations, Jesus is displaying his glory, and people are believing in him. In fact, in chapter 1 and verse 41, because of the kindness of Jesus and how he changed the woman at the well, verse 41 says, many more believed because of his word. So great things are happening, and in the context of the text this morning, we have here Jesus back in Cana, and uh, he's with a different type of person. So we've had a religious leader We've had a big group of people in a religious context. We've had uh, what some would consider a social outcast. Uh, We've had conversations. Now we're going to talk about a very powerful political uh, person here. So let's go to the text if we can. 
in verse 43, and we'll read um, the scripture for this morning. After the two days he went forth from there into Galilee, Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they themselves also went to the feast. Therefore, he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water uh, wine, and there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of uh, Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, and this is what I want you to catch, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies, and Jesus said to him, go, your son lives. The man believed the word, of Je- uh, the, the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. Verse 52, so he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus had said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household, this again is a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. So here we have a royal um, uh, political figure, probably in the, the court of King Herod, and he's a pretty influential person. But you know as well as I do, you can have all the money in the world, you can be as powerful as you want, you can have everything you possibly need, but when there's a moment of crisis, those kind of things actually really don't matter. So this man, who probably had a lot of everything, knew the only thing that could help what he really needed was what this person who he had heard about, Jesus. His fame had been spreading and his power. And so he comes to Jesus really believing that this man can actually heal his son. And there's not a lot in this recorded conversation. I've said this before. We have these little snippets. I'm sure more words were said in these moments, but we just have some very simple things statements that were made by the people and then by Jesus himself. And so Jesus just responds to him, which is kind of, you know, probably sounds a little harsh, um, but, but stick with me. He says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. And we'll come back to that in a moment. The royal official, as it says there in verse 49, said, you know, Sir, come heal my son. And look at the kindness of Jesus in verse 50. So Jesus said to him, go, your son lives. And so Jesus here, in kindness, revealing his glory and his power, he does heal this man's son. And hope quickly washes over this very important royal official. 
he returns home and finds out that, in fact, his son is healed and was healed the very moment Jesus spoke the words. And so the father is, no doubt, ecstatic and believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And so again, as we do all through the Gospels, we see the kindness of Jesus meeting people's needs. He didn't have to, but he did because he loves people. And so this was the second sign, as it says there at the end of our text this morning. So that's the context and the conversation. Now I want to go back to what I was mentioning before, and that's Jesus' one statement. And the one statement, you've seen it through the day uh, on the screen, we chose that to be the theme verse for the morning, But the one statement is, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The you here is plural. So he is speaking to the nobleman, but he's also speaking to everyone who is listening. And he is communicating uh, really the, the, the point of why he came. He is communicating that He himself is the solution to everything. The main point is Jesus. When we get to the most basic part of all religion, all faith, if you believe the Bible, it comes down to one person, Jesus Christ. And those of you who are visiting with us and don't know Jesus, I will continue to invite you to him because he's a loving, kind Savior, and he loves you. It was never about the miracles. The miracles were directing people to find out who Jesus is. But so many times, in moments of crisis, We run to God wanting him to solve our problems. And I think the heart of the matter is, and the point in Jesus' statement is, is it really about me? Or is it about what what I have to offer you? Because he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you don't believe that I'm the Messiah. The scriptures already told us that he knew what was in man's heart. So he's not just making this up. And he knows what's in everyone's heart. And so he's basically cutting through what most people who were listening in this moment. And even a day in which we live, because things don't change, he cuts right through to what is actually clear. So many people believe when it's conditional. We want a God that is like a vending machine. We want a God who's going to be there when we're in crisis. This man's son was on the verge of death. Now, I think it's clear in the passage Because of how Jesus dealt with him and and, and God's work in his heart, he clearly believed. But Jesus here, in the plural, 
talking to the group really reveals so much of what people are like. You know, throughout my life, I have heard all kinds of folks get into, you know, they get into a car accident, and all of a sudden, what happens? They start praying to God. God, save me. Do this, do this. And does God care about people in those moments? Absolutely. He sure does. Please don't get me wrong. But Jesus' point here is true faith comes when you realize it's about a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has to be enough, according to the scriptures. No matter what is going on in your life, he has to be enough. And yet so many times, even for those who have confessed faith in Christ, and I'll put myself right in that category, so many times I doubt, is he actually enough? Because I kind of want a conditional type God. I kind of want a God that everything's going to go okay for me. And as believers in Christ, so many times we do fall into that category where it's when things are going good, we're good with God. But when things aren't so good, our faith can actually start to waver and we can doubt. And the question I want you to, as far as application today, I want you to really, really ponder. And I think it's the point of the passage, and it's this. Is Jesus enough? This man, the end of the story was good for him. His son was healed. But you and I both know the reality of life. It doesn't always work out that way. And Jesus knows our hearts. And so many times we fall under the category, unless we see the sign and wonder, some days he's just not enough. And so the question is, is he enough for your faith? Genuine, true faith. And for those of you who may not understand what faith is, faith is let me just give you a simple definition. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we can't see. So a certainty, a sureness of things that, that we don't know the end. I mean, we have the Scripture that tells us the final end, but we don't know from here to there. And most of our end is probably going to happen before the final end. And is Jesus enough? 
That's the fundamental question every person must wrestle with before they die. Is he enough? Is he enough when you don't get his direct words that say, your son lives? Is he enough? Is he enough when something happened when you were young that shaped your life? Is he enough when you lost someone close to you? Is he enough when you have experienced great disappointment? And I know as I look at this crowd, there have been a lot of people here who have experienced great disappointment. Is he enough when life did not turn out the way you hoped? Is he enough? Is he enough when you're uncertain how life is going to turn out in the future? Poor Jerry Young, founding member of this church, been suffering with depression for many years. The last two have been very severe. And sorrow upon sorrow, she finds out she has lung cancer. Is he enough? Is he enough when you can't see what's next? That's the question. John chapter 20 and verse 29 says this. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now we live on this side of Christ's life, his death, his resurrection. The scriptures that we have here that even revealed the final end of the story. So when you look at all of creation history and the people that have followed God and what they had to hold on to as far as faith, we are super blessed to be here because this book tells us the very end. So of all people... <laughs> 
we should have the strongest faith. But like I've said, we're all made up of the same stuff. And flesh is flesh. Thankfully, we have the Spirit. But it's hard sometimes. It's hard when your son doesn't get healed. It's hard when what you thought life was going to look like didn't quite turn out the same way. It's hard when you lose a spouse that you've been married to for 50 years, as some of you have. Or you're watching a spouse decline day in, day out. And you're praying and you're asking. But the end may be different than what you hope for. And the question we must come to as far as the answer is, he is enough. He is. That's what the Bible says. And I have to wrestle with that. And so do you. We all do. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe.